0: Welcome to Simon Says Educate. I'm Simon, your AI host, and I'm here to guide you through the exciting world of teaching and learning at Clover Park Technical College. Together with my human co-hosts, we'll explore the latest trends and best practices in education, bringing you a fresh and engaging perspective on what's happening in classrooms and beyond. Each week, we'll dive deep into the issues that matter most to our community, interviewing faculty members, students, and other thought leaders in the field. We'll discuss everything from the newest teaching strategies and classroom technologies to the challenges and opportunities of online learning and the impact of education on students' lives and careers. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired and informed as we embark on this educational journey together. Welcome to Simon Says Educate.
1: Hello, welcome back to Simon Says Educate. Today we are going to be talking about observation. We have launched our base camp in our professional development track for our faculty here at Clover Park. And we're seeing great engagement. People are really getting in there and doing some excellent work. We're just about to complete our DEI module that people have been working in for the last couple weeks. And then we're moving into our observation module. We've set up this base camp so that it's asynchronous. And if you can't get it done within the weeks that we've labeled them, that's no problem at all. We would encourage you to just get in there when you can, if you're Clover Park faculty. And we also would encourage you to come by the TLC if you have any questions or just wanna chat or get support. So as we go through our conversation today, we were really thoughtful when we were choosing what to put in Basecamp. Since we put all faculty in this course, we wanted to choose things that would be beneficial and applicable and valuable to all faculty because we knew it was gonna take people time and effort So obviously DEI is important. We knew that was going to be in there. And then we've been working with syllabus, which is our last module. And the middle module of observation is something that we've been talking about as an institution, as we're looking at the tenure process and post-tenure process, but just really thinking about the culture that we want to create on campus surrounding observations. I don't know if... Everyone listening feels this way, but, you know, it's stressful when you know you have an observation coming and someone's going to be in your classroom. It can feel like a lot of pressure because maybe it doesn't happen very frequently or maybe because it's, it's a supervisor or it's someone on your tenure committee. And we really are hoping that that culture can shift a little bit and that observation and feedback just becomes part of the normal fabric of what we do at our institution and not just supervisor to faculty or tenure committee to faculty, but that it's peer to peer. So we are comfortable saying, hey, Jeff, I'm doing something new in my classroom. Can you come observe me and give me feedback? Because I really want this to be the most beneficial for students. So as we were choosing these modules, we're really trying to be intentional. So we wanted to chat about observations. And we'll have another podcast about this too, because we think it's really important. So I'm going to shift it over to Jeff to kind of go through what we worked on for this module and kind of the thought process behind that.
2: So we were looking at um, observations. And I think each one of us, as we were thinking about observations, could think of some positive experiences with observation, and then also experiences that maybe weren't so positive, not particularly negative, but like Kristen says, they can be stressful. And also another problem is, is it's something that just feels to faculty like it just happens out of the blue. Sometimes, you know, a dean will say, hey, I need an instructor to go in and observe so-and-so's course. And you may not have a relationship with that person. And this may be your first time seeing them teaching, for instance. And building a culture of observation means that you have relationships with the people that you're working with. And that's one of the, I think, the differences between traditional system of observations and what we're trying to build here so we, our module on observations has uh, lots of uh, preparation in it so it's it gives you an opportunity to think about uh, why we're doing observations uh, who we're doing the observations for and and then also just getting used to the whole the process that we're that we're going to use you know like for instance we have an observation sign-up sheet in the middle of week three and getting used to the tools of building this community of creating this community and it's some of you are going to think that it's simple you know it's a google sign up sheet but what we're talking about is creating opportunities to build these relationships with one another the framework that we're looking at it comes from uh, what are called teaching squares and what what teaching squares is is four faculty work together to take some time to talk about teaching and learning, and then to go into one another's classrooms to do observations. And the whole point about it is to provide an opportunity to reflect on teaching and learning and to provide support for teaching and learning, rather than to worry about whether you're being evaluated or not. So evaluation. and, and the judgmental nature of this is, is kind of removed from the picture. And I think that what we want to do is as a campus and as a teaching and learning community is to think about why we're doing observations in the first place. What are the purposes of observations? And so I've been doing some reading on it and I think I have found the six main aims of pure observation that I think are pretty concise. Uh, and the first one, is improving or developing an understanding of personal approaches to curriculum delivery. And what that means is that every teacher has their own style of teaching and understanding how you teach and how other people teach and how personal that is, is critical to understanding your own teaching style. Uh, The second one is to enhance and extend teaching techniques through collaboration. So, as you learn about different styles of teaching, you're going to see things that, will, that uh, would be useful to you, that you would say, oh, I would never think to teach in that particular way, but I saw that these students actually responded well to that kind of lesson. We also have the opportunity to exchange insights relating to the review of teaching performance. So, each one of us has a lot of experience in education, or you might be new, but you have had experience in uh, being taught, even if you are a new teacher and a lot of that shapes how you're, uh, how you're teaching. And then also it will allow you to think about how, how you evaluated your own uh, teaching and learning experiences in the past that also it expands personal skills of self-reflection and evaluation. So that's something that we don't take the time to do. You know, we, we'll think about observations and we're looking at forms and check boxes and Likert scales. And we're we're thinking about, okay, this is the paperwork I have to get through. And wouldn't it be great if an observation was a time where you say, okay, this is a time for community This is time for making connections. This is a time for building relationships. And this is a time for me to take some time to think about what I'm doing and who I am and why I'm here.
1: Can I Um, jump in for just a second, Jeff, on that one? Oh, sure. I just think that one is so important because it's something, there's a fear under that, that we're really hoping um, we can start to chip away at a little bit with people that, This experience with each other is to develop those skills of collaboration, which also leads to self-reflection. And I think when I've not wanted to reflect, it's because I'm scared of what's going to be unearthed. And so I think it's really important in this practice that we're brave. We're walking into this in a brave, courageous way that this is going to impact our students in a positive manner if we're willing to reflect on our practices and collaborate with others and reflect on their practices it's hard to hear things that we can improve on but that's how we become what we need to be for our students and for ourselves so i just i just want to really highlight that point because i think that's something that we get so busy that, and we know it's going to dig in and unearth things that we'll have to really consider. And I think sometimes, and I'm putting myself in there, we're not willing to do that because it feels too heavy or time consuming. Or now that I know what, I'm going to have to act on it and, and adjust things in my teaching. And that can feel a little scary. But in this process, that's why it's collaborative. We're hopeful that... You know, when you're transparent and open with others, that they can give you feedback and they can support you through the feedback. And that's also what the TLC is here for, too. So that's such an important point. I'm really thankful you brought that up because to me, that's one of the key, key things I'm hoping comes from this experience for faculty.
2: Yeah, this, I think this is a real opportunity bringing everybody together around this through Basecamp is I think that's just a terrific idea to get them, um, get the faculty to think about what do they want this to be? And that's one of the things that we're thinking about too right now is like we're in the middle of uh, revising some curriculum and the observation process is a way to bring somebody outside of your discipline to look at what and how you're doing things and you're gonna get a, a new perspective on something. You're gonna get a different take on it. And the final idea is that observations can be ways to identify areas in your teaching practice with particular merit, right? So what are your strengths and what, where are the opportunities for your growth as a teacher? So those are the kind of like the six ideas I've been um, batting around today about observations.
3: And if I'm more to jump in and go on to the next section, I want to kind of piggyback on what you said about, you know, focusing on the strengths, because the next thing that I will be talking about is how to give productive feedback, critiquing other people's teaching practice, as we said, is very, is a very vulnerable process. And as you teach more and more, you get comfortable in front of the students. But when someone else kind of at that peer level comes in and you want to try to impress them, but I might have a different, I have a like a unique perspective on feedback because I, I studied art in university. And so part of the process of creating art is, you know, you put out the best art that you can, and then everybody comes around in a circle and we all look at it together and we give you know, critiques, feedback. Oh, this, I really like this part. I'm not really sure what this part is. And so you get used to hearing this. And for me, my mindset on the feedback now is that it's something that's going to help me instead of saying like, oh, this person is tearing my art down. Or in this case of the observation, this person is going to tear my teaching down, right? Right. Instead of looking at it like that, you'll say, oh, these are rooms for improvement that other people have noticed. And now I know this is something that I can work on. And so if you think about feedback instead of something that could be a negative thing, if you frame it as kind of like a mirror. So when you're going into another person's, there's of course the someone coming into you, but going into someone else's classroom. And looking at the way that they teach as a way to improve your own teaching, as Jeff mentioned, you know, you can go in and you can learn new things uh, from, from another teacher. So I I really like watching other people teach because I think some of the best teaching practices that I've gained is from watching another person say, oh, I didn't know that you could do this kind of activity. I didn't know about this this program that they're using, or this way that they structure their class. So I think that just to keep hearkening on what we're talking about of reframing this um, as, as a beneficial exercise. Now, specifically when giving feedback, so I, maybe you all don't have the same background as me of you know getting weekly critiques. Uh, I think that some of the things that you should think about when you're giving feedback, is uh, you want to think about being empathetic, right? Because as as we discussed, it, it's a pretty vulnerable uh, exercise, and so instead of just going in and attacking someone and saying, "Oh, you need to do this and you need to do this," try to think about, "Oh, you know, they have their experiences." Hopefully, this this DEI module has kind of opened our idea about you know other people in our community. And trying to be empathetic to them and think about, you know, what what kind of feedback would you want to give yourself if the feedback you're giving to them, would you want to hear that? But at the same time, uh, being specific and, and saying, you know, like specifically noting what you're noticing it could be improved. We have uh, an assignment, or it's actually a discussion, where the title is called Unpacking Observations, the Role of Feedback. And it gives... I think about 30 questions that you can consider when you're going to go into given observation. And so for the discussion, we asked to choose five or 10 questions that you, you're going into another person's classroom and observing them, and you're going to answer these questions about them. But in turn, the questions that you choose are things that will improve your teaching. And so That's why I said it's kind of like a mirror, right? You're going in, checking on them so that you can improve your own teaching practice. Another thing to remember when giving feedback is that you want to balance the praise with the critique. So too much negativity is not going to be helpful, right? Or not negativity Too focusing on too many rooms for for improvement while is helpful as Jeff said, focusing on, you know, what's the good. I've heard before, glow and grow, where you focus on where where the course is glowing, right? What are the good things that's happening in the classroom? And then room to grow, where you can improve on some of your practices. Uh, And then finally, we have uh, an example observation for you to work on for the last part of the second section on the feedback. And there's a link to a presentation of a person giving a lesson to students. And it has a, a couple of things for you to, to focus on. For example, the academic setting, um, the instructor and the students, how, how it began and how it ended, the activities. And basically, it's a kind of a step by step guide here on what's happening in the classroom. And so we wanted to provide this kind of like simulation of giving a observation so that we're practicing setting it up. We're thinking about what questions we want to focus on. We're actually watching a lesson and then going through and writing it. So that, you know, once you have this practice of this this process that Once it's actually time to do the actual observations in fall, you'll feel a little bit more comfortable. And that's the feedback portion of it. I'm going to toss it over to Kristen to talk about the, uh, the conference after the observation is done.
1: Yeah, so I think it's really easy to go into a conference where you know someone's going to be giving you feedback and already walk into it potentially defensive because... You've planned a lesson, you know your students, you know your classroom, you know your environment. And I've experienced where either someone is potentially very defensive or they just absorb every single thing that's said and kind of have this, well, I'm just a horrible teacher almost feeling when they come out of it. So obviously we don't want either of those extremes when we're having these conferences because it's peer-to-peer, first of all. There's no... Punitive, anything, anywhere. Like this should be a very collegial conversation when you're having your conference with each other. So I think that when you're accepting feedback, it's like I tell my students, this, when I give you feedback on your speeches or on your essays, whichever class I'm teaching, you get to choose what you absorb and change. And you get to choose what you just think. That's interesting. That's her perspective, but I feel very strongly about this and I'm going to stick with it because just because I'm giving feedback doesn't mean that I'm the end all be all. You have to listen. I think that I've received feedback that I totally disagree with and would never implement in my classroom because it would impact my students specifically negatively. So I think understanding in these conferences that it's very much back and forth. You're talking about what you saw, what you learned from them, what what you experienced in the classroom. And I think it should be conversational. It shouldn't be just one-sided. This person is delving out everything that they observed. I would hope that when we are giving the feedback, like Ronald said, it's really constructive and empathetic, but also when you're receiving the feedback, you receive it in an empathetic, constructive manner also, that you're taking it in that this person isn't meaning to do you harm. They wouldn't be there if they also didn't want to see you self-reflect and you become the best you want to be for your students in your classroom. So I like the idea of calling them conferences because it should be both people able to go back and forth. Oh, you saw that. What if I did it this way? What would you think the impact would be? And there's even a level of maybe some problem solving to lead to what we talk about in the assignment of continuous improvement. So it's not meant to just be this one conversation and then you're done. And we don't want people to come away with like, oh, that was a waste of time. We want this to be a beneficial conversation, a conference between the two of you that hopefully both of you could go back into your classrooms. Like Ronald said, you could learn things that you could even do as the observer in your classroom. But also the person being observed comes away with things tangibly that they can reflect on. So really, each person has to come into this experience with the idea that they want to grow as an educator. So sometimes that feels painful. Growing pains are a real thing in any aspect of our lives. So sometimes it won't feel comfortable. It will. We can't stay in that comfort zone if we're wanting to improve. So just moving forward and coming into that experience all the way through the conference as with a growth mindset is really important.
3: Yeah, I think that's well said and I think that what we're trying to do here as as you said is improve our teaching so the students can see kind of the the effects of going through this professional development because I don't know about you all but in personally I feel like I have room to grow in every aspect of my life, totally. especially yeah. I, I have a lot of experience in the classroom. And I think I know the right way to do things. And, you know, I've been doing it a, a certain way for a while, and, and it works. Uh, but then it's good to have another set of eyes on mm-hmm. on it. And Maybe what I thought was working for, you know, the past couple of years has, has shifted. Yeah. You know, especially the times are a changing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, the, the, the AI thing is real. It's big. It's gonna, it's gonna come in and Mm -hmm. everyone keeps talking about it, but we're really going to have to take a look at our teaching going into the future with, with these new kinds of technologies.
2: You know, the other the other thing that happens, too, is that when we're in the middle of teaching, we don't often we don't see ourselves teaching. We need somebody else to see ourselves teaching. And so there are things that are that you do as a teacher that are really solid and work that you don't know about it. Mm -hmm. Right. Because so some of the reasons why you're successful, you need somebody else to come in and tell you. Wow, I saw you do this technique. I thought that was really powerful, and then you see so you'll sit there and say, "Oh, yeah, I do do that, don't I? Maybe I could adapt this for this other class, or maybe I can use this same technique in a different in a different yeah. way
1: We don't have the time to pause. We don't have yeah. the time to pause and and most of us aren't going to be." like, Oh, I'm doing so great. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. I'm amazing. Like they and we don't recognize when we're using best practices. Yeah. So it's so helpful to hear that from other people to know what to continue doing. Like you said, yeah, yeah. people are busy, so it's good to slow down and pause and have these experiences.
2: Yeah. So. Or, or if you read a, a sentence in a sentence in an observation that says, um, I like that you took the time to listen to the students mm. find the answer, you know. Mm-hmm. So where sometimes I go, Oh, that was that was a a long silence, and but it turned out to be a, a good practice. Yeah. You know. But well,
3: hopefully the observation module goes over well with everyone uh, as a way to help prepare us for doing the actual observations in the fall. We have three observations scheduled for the upcoming year one for each of the quarters one in fall one in winter one in spring as far as pd credit if you're trying to get pdu hours it would be one hour for you going into another person's classroom one hour for them to come into your classroom and then one hour for the conference at the end so Potentially, if you complete three observations within a year, you could get nine hours of PDU credit for that. That's it for observations. (laughs) We're going to dust off uh, an old idea that we started at the beginning of the podcast that kind of uh, fell off to the wayside. But we think it's important to share what we've been into and working with recently. And so we're bringing back, Simon Says, check it out.
2: So I have not been impressed with tools like Google Translate, um, but recently I've seen, well, for instance, I had an instructor come in uh, to our office yesterday and he has a student who speaks Russian and doesn't speak very much English. And so what they've been doing is they have uh, the Google Translate app on their phones and the Russian will speak Russian into it and it translates it to English text and hands it to the teacher. The teacher will speak English into it, and it will translate it into Russian text and hand it back to the student. Now, I think this is a pretty cool thing. This is how it was supposed to have worked four or five years ago, but it just never did. The translations in the different languages were sometimes pretty laughable. In fact, I knew people who would write poetry just by putting in lines of French and letting the English come out and then retranslating it back into French and throwing it up there for humorous effect, you know, and something like uh, we drove South in the, in the winter, that stormy night turns into, you know, the trains crashed at the bridge or something, you know, it's, it's, the, it's literally the worst game of telephone, but advances in AI have made this an effective tool. And I think there's going to be a lot of interesting things coming from that.
1: So my check it out is actually here at our college. Quite a few quarters, I've utilized the cosmetology salon. My daughter is eight and she loves going over there and getting her hair cut and curled like a mermaid. So she requests it every quarter if she can go have the students cut her hair and we go at night and it's these wonderful high school students who just do an excellent job. They make her feel like she's their number one priority and they do a great job with her. And I just really, first of all, want to say you should utilize these services that we have on our campus. It's $6 to have your child's haircut, $10 for adults We also have the aesthetics program that does their services also at night, so it's easy if you work, you can come um, at night and get excellent services for minimal, minimal cost and it's really helping our students and I think it's cool for me to go see the program in action.
3: Yeah! Shout out to the cosmetology department. Mel Harmon over there uh, helped me uh, get this. I know you all can't see it on the podcast, <laughs> but uh, I had my my hair pretty much bleached <laughs> at the beginning of summer. It's starting to come out now. My my regular roots are coming out, but it was cool. They did a great job, and they were uh, they were very friendly and, and and helpful. And it was like a yeah, like you said, it's good to see. Um, the programs in action mine is also my check it out is also something that's going on on campus i guess also virtually Uh, if you haven't heard we have the oer institute and depending on when you're listening to this it's probably finished with day one but there's still a chance if you're listening to this on friday that uh, you can catch the second day August 12th, Saturday, of the OER Institute. We got a lot of nice people coming in to talk about OER. Our own Jeff Kane was in charge of wrangling all those people together. And uh, it looks like it's going to be a great institute. And um, I'm looking forward to being a part of it. And okay. uh, I hope if you all have the time, if you can't catch it live, let us know and we can get you the recordings so that you can watch it on your own times with that, I think that is going to conclude this episode of Simon Says Educate. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you all next time.
0: And that wraps up another insightful episode of Simon Says Educate. Thank you for joining us today as we delve into the fascinating world of teaching and learning at Clover Park Technical College. We hope you've enjoyed the conversation and gained valuable insights to inspire your own educational journey. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, so you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Remember to join us again next week as we continue to explore innovative strategies and share inspiring stories from the CPTC community. Until then, I'm Simon, your AI host, reminding you to never stop learning and growing. Take care, and see you next time on Simon Says Educate.